0: wild. Holy Ghost! <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Hi. It's good to see you guys. Uh, we try to keep it fun and interesting at Joel's bar every day, it just flowing the river. Everything this river touches turns to kingdom gold. There doesn't exist secular or Christian in the river. You'll realize that real quickly. It just sanctifies the whole world. I see Ezekiel's kitchen from Ezekiel chapter 46 taking everything that's in the world and purifying it to God's use. And you can trust the fire. You can trust the boiling water. You can trust Ezekiel's cauldron and Ezekiel's water temple to purify everything that's here. And if you don't trust the water, you're going to live in fear. You're going to live in religion and paranoia. Everything's going to be like satanic. You're going to worry about... You know, that symbol of that dance or this other thing. Next thing you know, you're all paranoid all the time and fearful of everything being more powerful than Jesus and you have no faith at all. So it's really a time of coming into Ezekiel's water temple and letting the kitchen cook everything in society. You can throw your pornography in there. You can throw your church in there. You can throw your kids in there. You can throw your spouse in there. Throw everything you got in Ezekiel's cauldron, written about in Ezekiel 46, and boil it in living water. It will just purify everything. You'll never have a fear, a care, a worry, a doubt ever again bothering you. There will be no more anxiety, no more stress. You throw your whole flesh in there and let it heal you. Throw your thoughts and cares upon the Lord, for He cares for you. Let Him take care of you today. Let Ezekiel bake you. There's an oven, and there's a kitchen, and there's a cauldron. With everything you got, throw it in there and let it be purified. You will find your whole life get glorified. You'll live in the glory cloud. You'll live in the living water. It's a place of total trust and faith and obedience where everything in your life, head to toes and outside you, is sanctified. It's a place where there's nothing that could possibly offend you. You can't be offended when you threw everything in your world into into Ezekiel's kitchen and boiled it in living water. Because everything you got is anointed, everything you got is sanctified. Everything you got, no. We come to Him and we trade. We trade our sorrow for gladness. We trade our mourning for dancing. We trade our poverty for riches. We trade... Our fear for love, we trade our unbelief for faith. And it's all in the kitchen that you do the trading. You got to put it in the pot. You do, and you got to let the water boil it and don't pull anything out ever. But I tell you the truth, people pull stuff out. Oh, that's done cooking. I'm done. I can get out of the water kitchen. I can get out of the living water. I can go out here in the sand now. Nah, I've been sanctified a little bit. You need to be sanctified a lot more. You need to be so sanctified that you become a water creature. You never come out of the cauldron. Oh yeah. Ezekiel has a cauldron a lot bigger than any witches. Throw all your fear of witchcraft in Ezekiel's cauldron. Watch what the living water can do to witchcraft. Watch what the living water can do to the occult. Watch what the living water can do to secret societies and Kabbalah. Watch what the living water can do to Satan and his angels when a people just trust Jesus and have no fear whatsoever. That's what's going to happen in the water city and the water temple. People are going to start to experience the power of the living water, the power of the glory. And it's going to change their mind about everything. You're going to have God's perspective of sovereignty over his creation, dominion taking dominion in the city of glory taking dominion in the temple of living water that nothing can ever bother you again and if it does, you throw it in the pot and you boil it in Jesus name
1: Amen Wow The water is everything The water, look when God created the heavens and the earth and there was the waters above and the waters below, I mean, literally there was waters put on earth for the purpose of what? Sanctification and boiling, (laughs) amen? I mean, that's the whole point that that's how we refresh our flesh. So how much more should we be refreshing our spirit with the same thing? But if the waters above and the, and the stars above were the celestial representing the angels, how much more can we partner with the spirits of the waters on earth yeah. to do our work? The elements. Mm-hmm. Redeeming the elements for the glory of God. And partnering with the elements by the Holy Spirit when it's all cleansed in the cauldron together. Everything you do, everything that you have done for the kingdom of Jesus that bears fruit comes from the water. Everything else is worthless and thrown out. Because it can't bear fruit without water. It can't even grow without water. So there has to be partnership with water. Look, we're from the land of 10,000 lakes. What does the scripture say? He will come with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment. Yeah. Right over the North Star. Spirit of Minnesota, (laughs) whack ya. So we partner with the waters. We partner with the angelic kingdom of God, which is the waters, which is the spirit. Truly. And you can allow and test the waters of the earth for the kingdom of God. You can acknowledge and partner your spirit with them. How does that, how do you do that? How do you, how do you grasp this? Okay, well just like Jesus in the river Jordan getting baptized, okay, if God himself had to partner with water to receive the Holy Spirit, how much more do we, creatures being formed into the full divinity nature, need to partner with the water as well? Keep yourself submerged in the river Mm. Keep yourself living eternally in the river Jordan and in the waters of the earth and drawing from them as well as you release on the nations of the earth. Take a look at, at the gospel of John. It's a water gospel. Every single chapter discusses the release of the water. It discusses what sea that Jesus was at, what lake he was at, what river he was at, what was going on with the water. It was all partnership with water. And whatever body of water he was around was what he was drawing from into his flesh to release over the kingdom, over the cities, over the peoples that he was ministering to. How? By getting a revelation of listening to the tongue. Of the water what is the mouth of the river saying what is the mouth of the water saying and listen to it and interpret it interpret its voice by the kingdom of God and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit upon all the earth in Jesus name Amen now once you've established that okay you here's your job the job of Jesus was to empty himself of divinity to be raised up in humanity. Our job is to empty ourselves of humanity to be raised up in divinity and when that happens you have the bride and the bridegroom together and the power of God strikes the whole earth in Jesus name.
2: Amen. This is light that alchemizes every speck of darkness that it touches. When you fear the darkness, you worship it. Mm. When you fear the Lord, you worship the Lord. To fear God, to be possessed by the spirit of the fear of God, is one of the deepest forms of intimacy there is. No one even gets to partake of the fear of the Lord. It's a privilege that only the intimate get to partake of. The fear of the Lord is something that you actually have to seek out, something you have to desire. This fear of the Lord will so bind you to the throne of His glory that everywhere you go, you carry the throne of His light, that everything it touches in its sheer power transforms that darkness and incinerates it on the touch. When you fear darkness, you create a foothold in your soul for that darkness to come into you. and truly that darkness is already inside of you because that darkness is already your master because you feared it (laughs) when you fear the Lord his revelation light exposes all of your darkness and transforms it and whatever has been conquered inside of you is what you have the power to conquer everywhere you go every room that you step foot into (laughs) so when you're around people and you know that they're channeling demons you know that they're walking in darkness and not light Let their demons come near you. Don't fear it. Don't try to push it away or try to protect yourself from it. Let their demons come into your soul. (laughs) They'll come into the cauldron of Jesus Christ, and they'll get burned up. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is not so much of like a outward advancing force. It is, but love draws all things to itself. It it sees the redemptive value in each soul and it draws that soul, however dark it may be, into itself. The fires of love is the strongest magnet in the entire universe. It will pull everything around it into its orbit (laughs) and clean it up and shoot it back out into the world. (laughs) So let that sort of gravitational force take possession of your soul. Let the gravitational force of love take possession of your soul. And this comes by casting all your cares on him, <laughs> mm-hmm. letting him take care of it.
0: So good. It's always good to have Mr. Spider, my cat, on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know it's a really good one when my cat shows up. He's a glory fiend. Huge drinker. <laughs> He's actually spoken in English three times. <laughs> Before I heard him
1: once. Oh, wow. Mm. Hmm.
0: I looked at him one time, uh, he's 14 years old, so he was probably like six months old or so. I was living on the river at my sister's condo, just like a mile from here. And I looked at him, we'd been praying in tongues together for like eight hours. And I was gonna go do evangelism at Hard Times Cafe in Cedar Riverside in the West Bank. And I said, Bye! And he looked up at me and he didn't meow. He said, spoken English we've been through a lot he's been a great comfort to me through all of it I want to release some of these verses about water the father says all you need to heal this world is the water gospel I've given you the water city which is the new Jerusalem You know, the Gates of Pearls, because we're fully underwater, and the Gates of Pearls are the apostolic people themselves. Everyone that's fully sanctified by living water becomes a pearl of the New Jerusalem, which is a gate into the city of God. That's why it's written in Song of Solomon, I have found the promised land inside you, because I went inside you, in your spirit, into the New Jerusalem. You enter by faith. It's your heart and mind going through the pearl of the sanctification of His holy ones, His 10,000 holy ones that are like the walls around the water temple. These are people fully sanctified by the washing of the water of the word to become the very gates of God. When say, open wide, you gates, the King of glory come out. Well, how about when people come in the gates?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what harvest actually is. You can't harvest anyone unless you let them come into your own spirit. What are you doing? Just let them stay out there in the realm of the natural? That's just religion. That's just Jezebel. You're handing them over to fallen angels. People are only saved when they come inside your spirit that's been translated out of darkness into His glorious light. Remember what the Bible says? Your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You're only saved when you're going inside the spirit life of other believers, the promised land is inside others. Inside you and inside others. And together our hearts knit together in love make the promised land that we will live in. Right now we are at the stage in this pioneering group at Red Letter Ministries of forming the gates, the pearls, and the walls around this city. It takes thousands and thousands of human beings fully washed in living water with revelation knowledge of the water in the water gospel. Understanding the water city, the New Jerusalem, and the pearls that they become through sanctification. It takes thousands to make these walls. The Lord comes with ten thousand of His holy ones. In the coming, the parousia, the second coming is the forming of the third temple of Ezekiel 47. So How do you participate with the third temple? How do you become a water priest, a water king, a water princess? How do you become a living water creature that you were created in the image of God to be? Because God himself lives underwater. And the water is the glory of God. By drinking. Drinking. The more you drink, the more your mind will be washed to the reality of your own spirit. You're only sanctified by drinking. Scripture says you're actually, you're only going to have victory if you drink, if you come to the fountain of the water of life and you drink. Revelation 21, it is clearly written. There is no other formula in the New Testament anywhere except the river, the springs of the waters of life that proceed from the throne of God and the Lamb. And the full manifestation of drinking, it's not just drinking to have fun, But that's very important because if it's not fun, it's not God. Oftentimes, the most fun thing you do in the living water is what God always wants you to do. God is a God of pleasure, enjoyment, and fun. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. It is written, and the river makes the city glad. The garden He placed us in was called Eden. Eden is the Hebrew word for pleasure, gladness, and delight. But we're so worldly that we think alcohol, drugs, sexual morality. Listen, that stuff's so far removed, I can't even imagine people having a grid for that as their pleasure. We are so deep in the living water, in the water city, in the water temple, in full ex. I mean, I'm in ecstasy continuously. Almost everyone in our team is in continuous ecstasy because of the living waters. This is normal anointianity. You live a lifestyle of rapture because you're always caught up because you're always living on the mountaintops. Elijah lived on the mountaintops in the Old Covenant. How much more us in the New Covenant living on Mount Zion, Spirit Mountain, in the top of the mountain where the best and freshest and purest glory is. The closer to the throne, the more purer the glory because the glory goes through the filtration of the whole body. The glory goes through the filtration of the whole world. The glory comes out, but the closer you are to the throne, the Uh, purer and the holier the glory, the more spotless the glory, the better the water, the higher the quality of glory, the closer to the throne, until you're releasing perfection glory. I've had to go from glory to glory for almost 21 years since I've been born in the glory of God, October 1999, to taste this degree of perfect glory today and this week. Entering the love glory's innocence realm. The childlike realm. It's the highest level so far. I'm sure there's more. But we've our experience of the hundredfold glory realm of divine love. Innocence glory. Purity glory. Spotless glory. Perfection. Pinnacle. Mountaintop. Highest energy glory. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. That's what we want. We want the pure and spotless, innocent glory. And it's because that water, that glory, is the closest to God the Father's heart. God the Father is so pure, and so must we be also. Uh-huh. Psalm 29.3, the voice of the Lord echoes through the skies and sees the glory God reigns as He thunders in the clouds, so powerful is His voice so brilliant and bright. How majestic as He thunders over the great waters. Psalm 36, 6. Your righteousness is unmovable just like the mighty mountains. Your judgments are as full of wisdom as the oceans are full of water. Your tender care and kindness leave no one forgotten. And a man, not a man, nor even a mouse, Psalms 42, 7. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Your waterfall of weeping sent waves of sorrow over my soul, carrying me away, cascading over me like a thundering cataract. Woo! Psalm 65, verse 10. Every field, every dry place, watered, with the abundance of rain showers soaking the earth and softening its clods causing seeds to sprout throughout the land amen <sighs> mm. psalms 104:13 from your kindness, you send the rain to water the mountains. From the upper rooms of your palace, your goodness brings forth fruit for all to enjoy. Water from the mountaintops, releasing it through all flesh. You need to see the mountaintops, and there are seven mountains because the Bible says there's seven mountains. And are these seven mountains of influence? Yes, they are, of flesh. Our job is to establish the city of glory on top of the seven mountains. That's what the Bible says. The Spirit carried me to the city on top of the mountains. Revelation 21, it is written. It's not about being on the mountains. It's about being on top of the mountains, for the mountains are all flesh and blood. There's a natural elevation of the brain caste system, class system, financial system. You see all these different systems in all society. It's unjust. It's wrong. It's wickedness. You're in the valley. You're poor. You're on the mountaintop. You're rich in all seven mountains. That's just how it is. You're in the valley. You're weak. Your voice is small. You're on the mountaintop. You're powerful. Your voice trumpets, usually by demonic influence. These are usually... The highest level warlocks of Satan's sons and daughters have stood on the seven mountains because you get there by greed. You get there by Cain, by murdering others, by stealing, by killing, stealing, and destroying. I tell you the truth. Anyone who ascends the seven mountains naturally has done it by killing, stealing, and destroying. Fact supernaturally by the resurrection of the Holy Spirit from the dead we are lifted internally in our hearts and minds to the top of the mountains. But you still go through those mountains and you deal with all the corruption, all the greed all the filth, all the immorality All the idolatry that's in the world, you deal with it, you look upon it, you suffer through it. That's the suffering in this world, having the holiness of the Spirit of God inside you, but externally dealing with the wickedness of Satan and his angels' idolatry in people's souls. And you go through it. We walk through the valley of weeping and we turn it into an oasis of refreshment, Scripture says. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God brings you through it but he does it supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. They do it by the sacrifice of others. We do it by the sacrifice of ourselves for others. It's a completely different kingdom how we get to the tops of the mountains that's taught anywhere else. We don't get to the top of the mountains by hard work unless our hard work is faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is how you're saved. And your faith gets authored, your faith gets perfected. And the greater your faith, the greater your elevation on the seven mountains. And there have been Christians on these mountains. There have been all kinds of levels of influence for thousands of years. Now we come into perfection when we live not on the mountains, but on top of the mountains. And that's when the seven mountains become the mountain of our Lord and His Christ, as it is written in Isaiah chapter 2. The mountain of the Lord shall rise as chief of all the other mountains in the last days. The mountain of the Lord is our internal mountain, the Holy Spirit of God raising our hearts and minds up the natural mountains so we can live on the tops of the natural mountains, supernaturally by faith and not by our own strength. Because if it's by our own strength, we will be removed. But if it's by the strength of the Spirit of God and the joy of the Lord, then we will remain through all testing, all trials, all fire, and all storms of life. And we'll actually get promoted the worst the storms. We're dealing with the highest level demonic assignments against us and our ministry and our people that exist in the universe we need heavenly jerusalem its fortification the fullness of the four living creatures the throne room of god the archangels we need the seven piercings of christ the seven eyes the seven horns we need the seven torches blazing before our thrones in order to accomplish this task otherwise the enemy will roll over us like he has most christians who ever lived he's playing for keeps it's life and death every day We need to wake up and rely on the living water to take us up higher in the spirit to live in the new Jerusalem in Jesus' name.
1: So how do you test that? How do you know how to test the fruit of what other people have laid the foundation of? Really simple. Look at what happened with Moses and the tribes that he was walking with. He ascended above the mountaintops. He went to the top with the Father and reigned from the glory. While the rest were at the summit of the mountains making their golden calf. Why? Because they weren't releasing the water gospel. They weren't ascending to the tops. Their idolatry actually held them from ascending all the way up. Mm -hmm. And they actually made golden images out of that idolatry same thing today i don't care if you've been in revival if you've had moves of god gifts of god you know revelation if it hasn't had the water it's been birthed out of idolatry and jezebel Mm -hmm. It, it had to have been so only when you're preaching the water gospel the you know releasing the anointing And what am I saying with the water gospel? I'm talking people who actually are sustained by the cup of the Lord daily Mm -hmm. and looking to him as their substance Mm -hmm. and as the provider of that water and stay covered in that water all the way through the ascension. Can you not be drawing? See, here's what they do. They draw gold out of the water for their own purposes. And that's why it becomes something that serves them rather than serving God, as it was intended, and remaining in the water.
0: hmm Glory. People come to the river, and they drink. But that's usually for self, has been my experience, ministering the river for 11 years, in the heavy glory. I'm telling you guys, it's time to stop playing games, and for 144,000 to be fully in the river, constantly, and to form the very walls of the new jerusalem this city will be the apostolic covering of the tabernacle of david and the only feast that will ever be celebrated ever again is the feast of tabernacles which is the covering of our new jerusalem over all flesh on earth that's what we're warring for here that's why the highest level demonic assignments come against us in our ministry All the backbiting, lying gossip and demon-possessed people in the world. Why do they bother? Because we're forming the tabernacle of David. Mm -hmm. We're forming the New Jerusalem. We have the revelation. We have the commissioning from the throne of God in His presence. We have the angel power. Now we need the people to wake up and participate with what God the Father has commanded for this generation. We're building the city of David. In the spirit, with living stones, which are human souls that become white stones that are the stones of the New Jerusalem. Your white stones, fully glorified, drunk, saturated, anointed, four living creature stones. Stones that are brains that are fully pickled and releasing the rivers of life constantly. They are souls that have become dependent on the Holy Spirit. A white stone is a brain that has fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. It's a brain that has repented of all the idolatry in the world. Amen. And then your soul has a new name on it, your new nature. And it's a water nature. It's a glory nature. You'll identify more with the cherubim and the seraphim than the animals of the chimpanzee and the cats and the dogs and the mammals and the whales. You'll look more angelic. You'll talk angelic people will begin to notice you're a different breed. A new breed has appeared of the divine kind that makes everything fine by drinking the new wine. And it will transform your faces to shine. They will see the morning star shining because you've sat at the bar. Huh. People can come from afar. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and sit right next to you and have a drink because you'll know the way because you yourselves will have experienced it thoroughly. Drinking is about bringing your brain into heaven. And where is heaven? It's always been in our hearts, guys. Religion blocks your mind from seeing heaven in your own hearts. Most Christians are bewitched. Bewitchment of Galatians 3.1, having begun in the belly, try to finish, finish in the brain, is actually what blinds the mind from seeing the kingdom realm of His glory inside your own hearts. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with Him along the way, illuminating, illuminating the Scripture? Can you see the Holy Spirit burning within your heart? The pure in heart see God. Why? Because their hearts are on fire and God is fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 Our God is an all-consuming fire, a jealous God. Do you see the fire of God burning in your heart? And there's different types of fire. There's different color flames. Until you see the seven torches blazing from within through your whole renewed Mm -hmm. mind outside your very throne And you've been established as the sons of God. The sanctification of the believer works from the inside out. And it works by bringing the animal sacrifice of your brain into the fire of God in your heart. Every day we bring the animal sacrifice. That's how we burn hotter, shine brighter, and always go from glory to glory. Doesn't matter what you know last season. Doesn't matter how many signs, miracles, and wonders and healings you had. Doesn't matter any of that. If you ever stop bringing animal sacrifice, you become a fading glory and die and become a freaking Pharisee. I've seen it thousands of times. Nobody is safe in this life when they stop bringing sacrifice. Including me, everyone. I bring my brain to the altar of fire in my heart every day and burn it into a white stone. You have to. Otherwise, you'll come under demonic influence no matter how great you've ever been in the glory. Yesterday's glory, it's a moldy manna. It's stale bread. You need fresh bread daily. You need fresh fire daily to burn up your brain as a sacrifice. And then you'll always be in the fast lane. I was seen during worship. That was a wild time of worship. Mm -hmm. Two and a half hours of just glory. I saw the four rivers of life and four living creatures around his soul. And I saw them, instead of as rivers of living creatures, I saw them as highways. And we had for a time, we are by faith driving our glory Lamborghinis down these super highways of holiness. And there were four of them. And God's talking about getting in the fast lane. He's talking about taking your seatbelts off. He's talking about reckless driving, and every single person better be a drunk driver. You don't even hop in your car. You don't even get your car until you're a drunkard and a glutton, until you're a throne room glory junkie. I'm telling you, it's so much fun. God is about to give you hot rods. God's about to give you supercars in the spirit. And I know everyone wants it in the natural. You don't get it in the natural until you first have it in the spirit. God can give it to you if He wants. The main thing is that you have it in the Spirit. You have a chariot of fire with your name on it, and you must learn how to drive on His super highways of holiness in the four rivers. And it's there are all kinds of paths and roads. And you see, there's roads in the stars. There's roads in the sky. There's roads on top of the clouds. There's roads on the earth. There's okay. roads under the earth. There's roads through the waters. You can drive in the Spirit through all of it. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. The whole universe has road systems in it. Some people call them ley lines. Whatever, I call them, you call it a super highway. I saw it as the highway of holiness of Isaiah 35. You can travel everywhere in the Spirit. This whole world belongs to Christ inside your spirit. And you're waking up in your mind to Jesus receiving His inheritance through your bodies. You're partakers of His divine nature and co-heirs with Christ, meaning He has given you the universe. He's given you its highways. He's given you its stars. He's given you its skies, its clouds, its rain, trees, its rocks, its waters, all the soil, all the blood, all the bones, everything that's here belongs to God and His Lamb. And the Lamb is glad to share it all with those who will yield to Him in their heart. And how do you become a partaker of that divine inheritance? By your mind waking up to Him. Because God only gives it to Jesus Christ. The issue is, are our souls inside Jesus Christ in our hearts so that Jesus Christ can have His inheritance through our hearts? Or are we living disconnected because of religious pride? Are we living dis- That's the only thing that will disconnect your soul from your heart, is pride. The Bible clearly says that. Pride is blindness, the blind leading the blind. Religion is pride and blindness. It cuts you off from your own heart. When you're pure in heart, you see your heart, you see God, because that's where He lives. And then the God can come out, Jesus comes out, and He just takes His inheritance right through you. You are learning how to yield to Jesus for Jesus to get His full inheritance through your hearts. The issue is we get tempted by the external forces of wickedness that work in the natural dimension to get stuck in idolatry. We never get to share with the Lamb's inheritance, which is the power of all the seven mountains. Everything in flesh and blood has been given to Jesus Christ, and it's enforced by angels. You have two-thirds of angels that are way more powerful than the one-third that <clears throat> fell that are just waiting for a people to fully yield to Christ so that Christ can have His inheritance through you of all these seven mountains, seven storehouses, all society. <clears throat> Everything that's in the world has been given to Jesus. And we are His body. We just need to renew our minds enough so that He can come forth and take it all. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. And there's just been amazing signs accompanying this. I mean, listen, there has been some things that have shocked me, but when you're walking in the fullness of divinity and you're walking in the full inheritance that Christ has purchased for you, it becomes so real and the light becomes so powerful that it destroys all the demonic dark camps that have tried to come against you. And, and probably have. You've probably been getting walked all over by them for a time, but the light that is here and approaching and coming into fullness is so bright, is so demanding that it exposes all the works of darkness. I'll give you an example. We had a, a, I had a prophecy that I had released and we have an online community on Facebook and, and someone attacked that prophecy and it just was a negative comment. We deal with negative comments all day long, okay? And I just wrote it off. I said, well, just another naysayer. But this person was being used by Satan. Look, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and rulers and authorities in heavenly places, in places God created, inside of people, okay? And this person, within five days, was so struck by the power of God, he had to confess all of his sins publicly, publicly. I, we didn't ask him I didn't even know this this was happening it was all in darkness but he pronounced it publicly it was the greatest example of repentance I've ever seen ever this man spared his very soul from hell because this because it was so unjust and he and not only that he exposed that he was sending these attacks against me and that especially what the attacks were. So all of a sudden, the darkness has been exposed, his soul is saved, the weapons that Satan is trying to use have been exposed, and all of it is made clear and brought into the light, and now the light of Jesus Christ has covered it and brought salvation to his household and cleansed him and delivered him of this oppression because he brought it into the light. This is unheard of. Unheard of. This would be like Jezebel going to Elijah and saying, I'm sorry, Elijah, I'm Jezebel and I'm throwing demonic spears at you and casting spells. And I'm sorry and laying it down. This has never, ever hit the earth like this before, but this is the light that's here. And so I'm saying that because I'm one, I'm declaring by the power and the throne of God, that this will manifest over the whole earth corporately, politically, and that every form of injustice will expose itself or will perish. Amen. And I'm also encouraging you that we have power over these things. We must stand in our divinity. The one thing that the Father has been correcting me most on lately is to walk more in my divine identity than I do in my human identity. Because I we're in that stage of the game of the awakening and the time and the move of God that it is crucial To adopt that as your being to protect you from all this warfare. And it actually it it just deals with it. I I didn't have to do a thing. He he handled it all. He gave a significant
0: financial offering afterwards as a sign of true repentance. Wow. Yeah, it was melting. Oh, nothing blesses me more than repentance when people return to the Father with their whole heart Mm -hmm. and their soul and they're serious. They're like, man. Been playing games, messing around. I just wanna serve in the river. I just wanna be right with the Holy Spirit. I wanna be right before the angels. That realm is our eternal realm. Let all eyes open to that realm and get right with God today.
1: In yeah. Jesus' name. Yeah, the closest example I can even think of is the thief on the cross next to Jesus, you know, humbling himself. Like that's the only example of the but that's the same type of thing we're seeing. And you will enter paradise with Christ this very day if you soften your heart and come into repentance and expose these works. It could, be, it could be anything. It doesn't always have to be offensive, like offensive darkness. You can have defensive darkness by holding things in your heart that you're unwilling to deal with and you're unwilling to come to terms with you know, relationships that went foul, things that you said, uh, anything. You've put up satanic defenses over your heart that are defending the heart of God from coming in and, and nourishing you with what you really deserve. Like, that's why we preach this message. It's the message of love because we don't want you to have the satanic defenses and offenses. We want you to have the kingdom.
2: Yeah, it's really time to fix your eyes on the author. And perfecter of our faith <laughs> I kept on hearing the word diadem mm, in the spirit so which I'm not sure what that means but I'm pretty sure it's like the centerpiece of the crown and he said fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith because only mm. in that place can you see clearly any deviance from that direct alignment with the diadem with complete worship of Him, only wanting Him, looking at that bright light, anything tries to come at you in either ear from either side, trying to pull you away, And, and what keeps you moving forward and going from glory to glory is the fact that you love Jesus the only thing that can keep you ascending and going higher and higher is the fact that you love Jesus and that he is the most amazing thing in the entire universe to you and that He's worthy of worship to you that you have discovered this light to be the most beautiful thing the most worthy thing in the entire universe the fact that Jesus is worthy keeps you looking at him and when the glory of man attempts to get in you if from either ear when you are tempted to want to prove yourself to people you look at Jesus and find acceptance and affirmation and everything that you desire in His eyes. Then you will be right in all of your judgments towards everyone around you because your judgments towards them will be perfect love. Because you've looked into His eyes and you found your complete fulfillment in Him. And all of a sudden you feel the grace to be real with everyone around you. You don't feel the need to perform. And you can start to have the same unity that you have with Jesus with the people around you. Because no longer do you um, feel the the, the fear that you're going to be rejected by people. That's one of the biggest things that's standing in between us and the perfect unity and the perfect love of the body of Christ. Is the fact that we fear rejection from other people. Because we haven't yet found complete acceptance and wholeness in the gaze of Jesus Christ. When we look at Jesus and our heart rests in Him and we finally don't even feel the need to prove ourselves to God either because that's something that even the people highest in the glory still deal with is the need to prove themselves to God, the need to do something to feel accepted by God. That comes from father wounds, from mother wounds, from leader wounds. The world has taught us that you have to earn love but when you look at Jesus The author and perfecter of your faith, and realize that there's absolutely nothing you need to do to prove yourself, there is such a release and such a freedom, and all of a sudden nothing in the entire universe could ever touch you. Mm. Nothing in the entire universe could ever touch you once you're filled with that kind of wholeness, with that kind of love that brings all the pieces back together, that brings every fragment of your soul back into wholeness, back into oneness with His love. (laughs) Then everyone you look at is no longer, you need something from them, you don't need affirmation from them, you don't need glory from them, you don't need them to like you, you just love them. <laughs> you just love them. And we all come into that that unity of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so fix your eyes on his diadem, all for his glory, <laughs> because he's the only worthy one.
1: Diadem. A jeweled crown or headband worn as a symbol of sovereignty. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Authority. The sovereignty. I see the diadem as the new oh. Jerusalem too. Yeah. The yep. Tabernacle of David is the diadem of society of all nations. Only the only true royalty mm-hmm. that's in the universe are those that live in the diadem yep. of David.
2: David. I actually saw. Yeah. I actually saw it as the seven mountains shooting these light beams up to Whoa. into this point, and that point was the diadem, mm-hmm. and all the nations glorified Jesus in this one point. You can't have unity anywhere except in that worship.
0: Glory, mm-hmm. beautiful, the pinnacle. Yep. It's Jesus Himself will live inside yep. the city of Jesus. It's a yep. spiritual city that's being formed on the very top of the seven mountains. I'm experiencing the seven piercings of Christ in a tremendous way, and experiencing the sufferings. You know, the Apostle Paul says. Uh, to, to add into the sufferings of Christ and to build up and to fill the cup of Christ's sufferings and, and without suffering there's no glory. I mean the suffering for the glory of God is for every disciple that's ever lived. It's so real, it's so painful, but it's so pleasurous at the same time because it produces a greater glory. So it's like, that was actually kind of good. <laughs> I really didn't mind that. So this season of suffering of uh, God's teaching me how the bride killed the lamb. Mm. He's on the cross being crucified by his very bride, and in Aramaic, his last words literally mean mean my bride. Mm. And you see the bride killing the lamb, and he's killed by heartache. There are doctors and scholars have heard several different studies that Jesus actually died from heartbreak, like his heart melted within him. When he said his bride, is because his bride had completely broken his heart by murdering him as the man of perfect love. That's accurately how Jesus died on the cross. From heartbreak from his own bride. So, that's the true suffering of the apostolic, and we're all apostolic, because this apostolic anointing is mixed into all our flesh. It's not like we're all apostles, but we're all apostolic. I tell you the truth, and that's a lot of suffering. That means that you're going to have the bride, and this is the thing, you need this revelation, the bride will kill you.
2: Yeah.
0: The bride will kill you. You wish the bride to be good to you? I'm telling you, I've been in glory ministry for a very long time. Very few people are good to you. Most kill you because everyone kills Christ. That's how it is. The bride murders the lamb, but God uses it in his infinite wisdom. That's how the sons of God are formed. Christians kill the sons of God. Kill them by continual verbal abuse, by continual backbiting and gossip and slander, and every attack. They attack the sons of God so the sons of God can have the full suffering of the bridegroom being murdered by his bride, the full experience of being crucified with Christ. And every day we look out there, we say, "Our, our bride... Because we're dying for humanity. The nations are our bride. And we are married to the nations. Otherwise, you're not a true minister of the gospel. You're married to these people. You're servant of all. Amen. God is in you and you are married to mankind. You serve them as a marriage covenant to all humanity. And the truth is Acts chapter 17 is the bride murdering the sons of God. They're drunk on the blood of the saints from murdering the martyrs, it says in Acts 17. They were drunk on murder. They were drunk because of attacking his glorious ones. The whore of Babylon is drunk from attacking the sons of God. You witness it every day in Red Letter Ministries for 11 years of broadcasting. They're drunk on attacking us. Why? Because the Bible says it. Scripture says that. And it's when the sons of God have been fully slain by the attacks of the whore of Babylon that they absorb all that wickedness and the full nature of the Lamb turns it into a blessing. All curses will turn into a blessing. It's just how agape love works. It absorbs the curses. Behold the Lamb of God formed in us that takes away the sins of the whore of Babylon. And when the whore of Babylon Hmm. has completely and totally murdered us to the fullest extent of being crucified to death with Christ. Yeah. That's when she transforms Whoa. into the Bride of Christ. Whoa. The whore of Babylon hey. is the Bride of Christ wearing grave clothes. Mm. Mm. It's
2: true. Well, that, <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple days ago I was crying for quite a while because once you come up into this high of a level of glory, it's all about love to you, nothing else even remotely satisfies, and your deepest desire is just to share that love with everyone around you. All that you want and is, is to share in God's deepest desire, which is for His entire body to be reconciled in unity. About a year ago, I was having a pretty crazy experience, a life-changing experience, and I heard God <coughs> speak the words. He said, I've been a broken body, but we're coming back together again and he so identifies with our own brokenness that he calls himself broken until we're brought back together again. Christ, and I've seen this in his heart, there are chambers of God's heart that remain in wailing and suffering. Jesus Christ remains being crucified to this day and this is a really really heavy reverent revelation so take it in just take it into the core of your being but I have had experiences where Christ was being crucified in the present moment, right now. That Jesus Christ on the physical earth was being crucified right now on this earth. He was the lamb that was slayed outside of the foundations before the foundations of the world in eternity. He was slayed in this timeline. Yes, he was Jesus Christ who came down as a man and died a physical death and was raised to life but Christ remains outside of time suffering until all men are drawn to himself and that's the suffering of love if you truly love you would you you will still be suffering for the sake of the bride and when you come to that realization it all of a sudden becomes amazing it all of a sudden becomes something that you long to do because your deepest desire is for them and when they murder you because they will murder you even if they're not fully conscious of the fact that they're murdering you they have partnered with demons inside of themselves that will try to kill your heart and you will feel it in your physical heart them trying to kill you if you can instead of engage them and, and try to destroy them just let them kill you and it becomes the most beautiful thing ever because you love them it can't happen it can't happen unless it's because you love them. But when you let them lay you down on the altar and you let they you let them nail those nails into your hands mm. <laughs> it's the pinnacle of that alchemization of love and all the pain in the world, all the pain into the world into healing. And I was having this experience where I was just wailing, wailing for unity. And all I wanted in the all I wanted was for us all to be one and I felt like Jesus and, and he was sweating blood in that garden saying, Father, make them one as you and I are one. <laughs> that was his deepest, heart's cry. Father, make them one as you and I are one. That's the whole reason he came down to the earth. That's all he wanted. <laughs> he said, Father, make them one as you and I are one. <laughs> he just wanted that. He just wanted that ever since we fell out of the garden. That's what he's wanted. Ever since we fell out of the garden, that's all he's cared about. Because it was his beloved that he's loved. We are the apple of his eye. <laughs> heaven, heaven is not apart from us. Heaven's celebration is over the bride. With each victory that the bride has here on earth, heaven rejoices and cheers us on. We have a great cloud of witnesses that all long for this to be wrapped up and fulfilled. Heaven, God, is all about saving the bride. We are the apple of his eye. <laughs> you are everything to Jesus. <laughs> and so, as I was just wailing, I could actually feel every heart in the entire universe echo that back like an echo chamber inside of God's heart. And I heard every heart agree with me, saying, yes, this is what we want, to." And it was Christ inside of each person saying, yes, this is what we want, to. Yes, this is what we want, to." And we're coming to a place as we approach the pinnacle, as we approach the diadem, as we all start to ascend into the heavenly Jerusalem. And the first fruits will ascend into the heavenly Jerusalem first, and, and it will create such a momentum that the entire universe in days will be harvested, mm-hmm. in, in days. Like once the first fruits are harvested into perfection, it will be just a short, short periods of time until all, everyone comes into that. Mm-hmm. But as we're, as we're sucked up into that, <laughs> well, about about a year ago I was having this experience where I was worshiping Jesus and every voice in the past and the present every voice in the body of Christ was singing this one same song and they were all singing this song of worship of love and it's like, they, it's like they were worshiping God, but what they were worshiping God most about was his unity inside of each other. And he was saying, and everyone, and I was speaking in tongues, and ev- all these billions and billions of voices were coming out of God the Father, through me, through them, and back to the Father. And and, and it was the most beautiful song, and we were all joined together in this one light. It was billions of voices, but just one song. And it was the most beautiful thing in the entire universe. And he said, he said that it would happen in my lifetime. <laughs> he said that it would happen in my lifetime. And this is what we're called to do. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: As we were talking, I saw the Revelation 15, the song. I saw the song you are describing just now. It yeah. says uh, Revelation 15, Then they yep. will sing the song of Moses and the Lamb. <laughs> yeah. and they'll all be playing harps. <laughs> in, in the harps, everyone's heart is synchronized with the Father's heart. One heart yeah. of every overcomer. I believe there will be a billion overcomers harvested into our water city. Because you're not truly harvested. They're not really awakened until you're living in the mm-hmm. New Jerusalem. This is the great harvest of the end times. People that hear this message take the words as seed into their hearts and then drink the living water every day until the fullness of the kingdom of heaven is manifest through them.
2: Yes, So good.
0: Until you're playing your harp (laughs) on top of Mount Zion. (laughs)
2: The one other thing God said to me about uh, six months ago before I came here to Minneapolis to be with Brandon and these guys is he said you're not gonna go any farther into my heart apart from the rest of me and he was referring to the rest of his body Jesus Christ is just the head he's all in all so don't, don't think that I'm saying that God isn't all in all, he is all in all, but Jesus Christ is the head. The rest of, You're gonna miss out on the rest of his body if you look at the people around you in flesh and blood and say, oh, they're not God. If, if you're living, you know, one moment laying in your bed, we're listening to worship music in the spirit, and then the next moment you're walking into work and, the, and you view the people around you as, as separate from that experience, you know, as separate from God, if you're living two lives like that, you're, you're, you're gonna plateau really really fast because we're coming into an age where the experience of God in the depths of Christ that you're going into has entirely everything to do with experiencing the depths of Christ and the rich treasury of his glory inside of the people around you. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you did in the least of these you did unto Jesus Christ.
0: Just give him a drink from your heart. Yeah. Give him some refreshing living waters. You have to first realize the spring in your heart. And then true evangelism is giving them a drink so they can become drinkers and river creatures and start swimming through the pearls to live in the city of glory. Otherwise, you're really not safe. And you can have a really horrible life after you're born again if you're not taught correctly. We see most people live defeated and have terrible lives full of demon possession and demon oppression and the divorce rate's higher amongst Christians than it is the world. It's 1% higher in the last statistic in America. So it doesn't mean you're going to, the only way you're going to actually have the, the good life is if you're in the glory water. <laughs> and then, then it's like supernatural awesomeness in all directions, internally and through your own soul. There's so much peace in your soul. It's just amazing. But most people don't teach the knowledge of the glory. They don't teach the water gospel. They don't teach the river and what the rivers do and they don't have vision and they don't see and they don't have the blueprints and they don't understand the scriptures or the power of god so it's all of this is necessary for you to be blessed after you're born again after you find that jesus is god then you ask jesus in your heart now it's time to swim upstream and start living out of the glory realm on top of the mountains yeah. don't die in the wilderness don't get into wilderness christianity most christianity out there is a wilderness Christianity that if you listen to it, you will die. Most. It's not even the minority. It's the majority. You need the water ministry. You need the water gospel. You need the living water. Your life depends on it. It's the living water or the waters of life. There is no life outside the water. And you need to learn how to swim in the water, which means you need to learn how to function in your soul by connecting to the river in your heart in everything you do. When you brush your teeth, when you bake a pizza in the oven, when you're driving your car, taking care of your kids and talking to your family members and doing everything you do. You need to learn, this is the discipleship of the kingdom of heaven, how to do it with your soul attached to the living water, which is attached to the kingdom of heaven within you. Luke seventeen twenty one. attached to the river and then your life will be glorified, and the glory will come out of your soul and begin to transform everyone's souls around you. Then you'll be blessed are the peacemakers. Then you'll be blessed are they who overcome. Then you'll be blessed, happy, to be envied. Then you'll have all the promises fulfilled in your life, but they don't exist anywhere except in the living water glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: I, I actually just saw something that I've never seen before. And the um, the two witnesses that are spoken of in Revelation, where they 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 continually pour forth prophecy in the last days um, in Armageddon, they they continually pour forth fro- prophecy, and they're continually like speaking out of the throne. They never stop. And I saw them as like these two pillars of the lion and the lamb mm-hmm. speaking together. I I, mm-hmm. I see these people. Not necessarily two people. I don't see it as necessarily two people, but two manifestations inside of the body of Christ. I see the body of Christ making up these two witnesses. Mm-hmm. They continually forth, pour, pour forth speech. They they don't sleep, and I see it. They, they don't sleep anymore. They don't eat anymore. They stand on this cr- crystal sea of glass, and they continually worship the Lamb. And they're they're worshiping through His throne, and the throne is coming through them into the world. And 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 the world is going to absolutely hate it because it's going to be the manifestation of the perfect judgment and it's that perfect judgment is when the the bride and the body completely line themselves to absolute perfect worship with no taintedness inside of them no ulterior motive not trying to get anything out of jesus except for more of jesus not trying to and get some of his anointing to use as witchcraft to get something you want in the world but worshiping Jesus because you want more in Jesus loving Jesus because you love Jesus because you love him because you love him because you love him because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you and it's just worship and the bride is mm-hmm. going to come into this to a point where anyone who's opposed to that is going to hate it absolutely to the point that they kill you at the point mm-hmm. that they kill you is when you are murdered by humanity. You're absolutely sacrificed to humanity because no one's going to kill you until you're a perfect threat to them and no one's you're not going to be a perfect threat to them until you're perfect love. Mm-hmm. Once we are perfect love of that pers- perfect worship to Jesus Christ, man, the the God that we love and we're not ashamed of it. We're not ashamed of saying we love Jesus Christ so much because we don't need worship from men anymore because we love Jesus because Jesus is everything we need and we fully trust him and we love him so much and we finally are believing that he can supply our Every need. We're finally believing that Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the all in all, perfect love can satisfy everything. That all we need is love. <laughs> there is nothing we need to fear in this world. You don't need to fear your boss at work. You can worship Jesus Christ with an absolute pleasure face, radiating the glory of God to a degree that it's no secret that God is real and we are still scared of coming into that kind of a manifestation where everyone around you knows God is real because we're afraid they're gonna kill us because we're still live in lack because we still think oh my boss might fire me if you know um, and then I won't have money and then I won't be able to buy food because food is my sustenance not Jesus Christ you know you know this or that or we run all these illogical scenarios all through our mind but Jesus Christ is all we need Jesus Christ is all we need and when we come into that sort of worship everywhere we go (laughs) You're going to want to jump and shout, and you're going to want to strip off your clothes and dance through the street in your loincloth like David, Mm -hmm. and the world is absolutely going to hate it, but it doesn't matter because you're not dual focused anymore, you're not looking at the world one moment and then at God Mm -hmm. one moment, it doesn't matter if the world hates it because Jesus loves it, (laughs) (laughs) and Jesus loves it. And that is never-ending revival. You will not have never-ending revival until you come to that place where you never stop worshiping. (laughs) (laughs) And all prophecy will cease because love will reign supreme.
0: (laughs) Such a crystal fire here right now. (laughs) I feel that upon your souls. (sighs) Holy. That's the 19 of the New Jerusalem. That a 19 will completely transform your life and build you up. Mm-hmm. You'll see that a 19 begin to work through your soul and your relationships and everything you do and become very practical to the improvement of your lives. <laughs> mm-hmm. Until we value the anointing as the most expensive substance on earth, we're going to be deceived in idolatry. It's very important that you learn the value of that oil that you're experiencing in your souls right now. It's called golden oil. Zechariah, the sons of golden oil. It's true gold. That's the true riches of the glory. That liquid gold, that liquid anointing, liquid glory. We thank you, Father, for your anointing. We value it above all the silver and all of the gold. And we bring our silver and gold as a sacrifice to this anointing. Amen. That's what it's all about. Bowing down the natural wealth for the true spiritual wealth is what a financial offering is all about. And until you can do that, The financial realm of the natural will have dominion over you. You have to bow your natural finances to the supernatural wealth of the anointing and the glory of God. Everyone that doesn't bring sacrifice will have no reign in the last temple, the third temple. In the New Jerusalem, everyone will bring in offerings of gold, silver, wealth, cash, cars, I mean, you'll be shocked. When people start to wake up and realize how valuable and precious the anointing is, you cannot stop them from giving and supporting this city and this temple and this priesthood of Melchizedek, this eternal power, this eternal goodness, this eternal glory. They'll start to see the true riches. This preaching is for you to awaken to the true riches. And it is right that you bring the natural riches into the true riches so the water can cover the gold. The streets of gold of the New Jerusalem are everyone that have sacrificed their idols and submitted their natural wealth to the true wealth of the glory of God. And everyone will be wealthy in that city because they'll walk on streets of gold. They have sacrificed their idols to the true wealth of the living waters. So begin sacrificing your natural wealth to the true spiritual wealth by bringing offerings at redletterman.com in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. a fun night tonight. See you tomorrow. Hori. love you guys so much. See ya. Glory. I love you guys. Pour more oil on your face. Fart
2: glory. cloud. on your face.